Pelosi will walk the House's single article of impeachment against now former President Trump to the Senate. That will trigger the start of the trial process, but that will be delayed for two weeks to give both sides time to prepare their cases and perhaps the Senate to do some other work. There's never been an impeachment trial of a former president. Republicans argue it could jeopardize the spirit of unity President Biden has been urging. So joining me now are the Senate Democratic Whip, Dick Durbin of Illinois, and Republican Senator Mike Rounds of South Dakota. Uh, welcome to both of you. Uh, Senator Durbin, I, I want to start and do the first interview with you. And let me start with sort of the complication of negotiating COVID relief. You've got the impeachment trial. Let me ask this. Is it realistic at all that you could come to a compromise, find your 10 Republicans before February 8th and get this COVID relief passed? I'm, or, or is that a little Pollyannish of me? Well, I, I hope it will happen that way because the American people know we're in the midst of a deadly pandemic. Our economy has been damaged and is struggling. Uh, the rescue package that uh, President Biden has sent to us is one of the highest importance and a sense of urgency. So I hope we can really roll up our sleeves and get that done in, in, in that period of time that you've mentioned. What is the role you would like President Biden to play in these negotiations on COVID relief? And, and how much patience do you have to work with Republicans? Uh, versus we know Speaker Pelosi is ready to just go now to budget reconciliation. How much time do you want to give it? Well, I can tell you, I think among some Republicans uh, in the Senate, uh, there is a feeling that uh, we can have a constructive, not confrontational, but a constructive dialogue. You mentioned the group of senators. I'm one of them mm -hmm. who will be uh, on the phone this afternoon, uh, the 16 senators bipartisan group, eight Democrats, eight Republicans, uh, and the object is to try to see if there's uh, an area of agreement uh, that we can launch when it comes to this rescue package. So I am hopeful that we can show right off the bat that bipartisanship is alive in the Senate. And are you open to um, that some things might not get there? You know, we, we, for if, if, if the minimum wage hike is what's standing in the way of three Republicans versus 12 Republicans supporting the rest of the deal, is that worth tabling, tabling that debate to, a, to another time period? Come on, Chuck. You asked Ron Klain the same question. Are you willing you to negotiate to listen. and meet yeah, the press? Yeah, I was hoping you hadn't heard that answer. <laughs> and I could just tell you, no, I'm not willing to negotiate on the television program. Uh, will we put things on the table and discuss them? Of course we will. That's mm -hmm. the nature of compromise. Uh, and uh, there are some goals. Uh, I certainly share all of the goals of the president. I hope we can keep as many as possible in the package. Um, there's a lot of groups. I want to get to the filibuster now. There's a lot of uh, progressive groups that have no patience 
on this filibuster debate. And I know you guys are going to get inundated with some some ads that are already uh, on social media. Here's one we're putting up. The time has come uh, here. It looks like a movie trailer, and they quote Barack Obama saying Jim Crow relic, uh, uh, AOC calling it a cherished tool of segregationists, and um, former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid saying it's outlived its usefulness. Do you have a point in time? Where are you on this filibuster question? And is there a point where you're going to say, you know what, I've tried long enough? Well, I think it gets down to the bottom line here. The American people want us to take action, action on this pandemic, action on this economy, and on a, a host of other issues. And if this filibuster has now become so common in the Senate that we can't act, that we just sit there helpless, shame on us. Of course we should consider a change in the rule under those circumstances. But let's see. Let's see if we can initiate a real bipartisan dialogue and get something done. That's the bottom line. Uh, Harry Redact back suggests giving it a couple of months. Would you put a? I've almost wondered when, when Senator Schumer and Senator McConnell negotiating, are you willing to say, okay, well, we won't do it for six months. Let's see how you behave. Well, let me answer your question by citing another thing. We're trying to pass an organizing resolution. You know what that's all about, so that the committees can get down to business. And what uh, Chuck Schumer put on the table was word for word the bipartisan agreement the last time we had a 50-50 Senate. And Senator McConnell came back and said, no, I want absolute protection. The filibuster will not be touched. Well, that's a non-starter, because if we gave him that, then the filibuster would be on everything every day. Uh, so here's the bottom line. If we are going to work in a bipartisan fashion, let's pass the organizing resolution without the extra McConnell language. Let's get down to business, roll up our sleeves, and pass this rescue package that deals with getting these vaccines out across America as quickly as possible, giving help to people who are unemployed, and giving businesses a helping hand. We want to get the economy back on its feet. We want to get kids back in school. Let's do that as a priority on a bipartisan basis. I want to end with a question that I will be asking um, Senator Rounds as well. When you heard President Biden's call for unity, what did that mean to you? What does that define unit, his call for unity? It means um, a lot. It means a new president who truly is going to reach out in a respectful way to the Republicans and to the Democrats to get something done. I know Joe Biden and I served with him and Kamala Harris. They know how to pass legislation by working in a respectful way, constructive way with Republicans who want to help us get America moving again. I heard that loud and clear and that's what I think Joe Biden won the election on November 3rd. All right, Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat from Illinois, the number two in leadership and also now chair of the Judiciary Committee or will be when you guys come to an organizing agreement, we can officially call you that. Senator Durbin, thank you for coming on and sharing your perspective with us. This may sound trivial, but presidents and candidates have some events where in their fun for the candidate, they, the big crowd on the acceptance speech at the convention, the big crowd at the uh, inauguration, big rallies. Because of COVID, this president has been denied all those. Has he ever been at all wistful about sort of missing the fun parts of, uh, of being a candidate and the inauguration? You know, you're getting a very different picture here by seeing the president like this. Doctors look at this and they say, well, what's going on inside of him? What's, what's the illness all about? And we know he has an infection with this coronavirus. We know that that infection, that, that coronavirus can be very contagious. 
which is why people, you know, take great pains to protect themselves uh, in the hospital. But this is well, obviously here it's sending come. Here a, we go. A, a very different. Takes it off. An incorrect message. And you see him here. Um, he takes it off, and he's getting ready for his pictures. The flags flank him. Right, Caitlin, this is what he did. This is the moment. This is what he produced it for. He wants the image to be, I'm strong. This, this virus is nothing. His tweet today, feeling better than I did 20 years ago. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. There he is. This is the image he wants. Yeah, and let us remind viewers now that the president is on steroids and a drug that fewer than 10 people outside of clinical trials have gotten inside the United States to deal with coronavirus. He had a level of treatment and a level of care that most Americans would not get. That's understandable. He has treatment and a level of care that most Americans would not get. That's understandable. He is the president of the United States. Obviously, everyone expects that. But what the president is portraying by taking his mask off when he gets back to the Truman balcony to give this this grand return to the White House is that everything is fine and as he said don't let coronavirus control your life but that is very much still a president who has coronavirus despite the lights and the flags and the staged entrance that the president wants to create he still has coronavirus and he is only a few days into the diagnosis and Aaron today his doctor didn't reveal a lot of information as he hasn't for the past two days but he did yeah. doctor didn't reveal a lot of information as he hasn't for the past two days but he did yeah. still say that he won't breathe a sigh of relief until Monday that's a full week from today and welcome back to flyover politic podcast it is the 27th January year of our Lord 2021 and that intro is, of course, Dick Durbin. Fuck the filibuster. Is Biden wistful? And I promised I was going to play that doggone Trump soundbite. Because, you know, this whole show is going to be hypocrisy. Hypocrisy used to be a segment on my podcast. It's all I ever did. Because that's what our media does. And it's so bad right now that this will be a soundbite-heavy show, a few articles rapid-fired, no deep dives. But I wanted to start up front with a PSA. Are you angry? Do you feel anger lately? I do. I feel a lot of anger. Don't know where I could put my finger on, or what I could put my finger on for that anger. I don't know if it's just what our country is right now, upside down, BLM, Antifa, good, one riot equates 75 million voters, or it's my discussions with people. You know, this week... Don't worry, the dip will be coming out in a bit. We're going to do a Liga Pravada number nine. Is it a nine? Yeah, a number nine today. Going to be a little smoky in here. I got authorization from the landlord that I can smoke a stogie. I don't know if it's the conversations or that everybody has turned into Joe Scarborough. And hear me out. During this whole period from the election till now and discussions, as I've said, I've had two liberal friends I've talked to, two Trump friends I've talked to, and two never-Trumpers. 
They don't classify themselves that, but they just hated Trump. One of them's one of my idols. You know, they believe the Republic will frickin' doggone make it. And in unison, the never-Trumpers send me the same shit. So, last night, I was checking an old email. I don't use Google. Uh, I'm going to play the rules like the liberals do. I'm going to cancel. Google rigged an election. It's quantitatively proven that they pushed the electorate. And they're continuing. Twitter did. Facebook did. Our mainstream media did. So, during the show, we'll hear a lot of sound bites how we need to shut down alternative sources, and we can't have Fox News on the air, and all that kind of shit, which will be our next soundbite. I'm not using them. CNN and MSNBC isn't even in my guide. I removed it. Me and the wife did. We're done with it. No, we're not watching OWN or Newsbusters. We watch the Spicer Show and the Tucker Show. The Spicer Show is really good. Now I kind of like it. And Tucker is the only person on TV that's talking about anything that's real. But he'll be off. They'll get him off the air. Because our second part after the Biden and media hypocrisy, which will be a lot of sound bites, but it'll go pretty quick. Literally, that's what they want to do. And invariably, the never-Trumpers are sending me shit that I would expect a liberal. So last night, checking that email, I get a link. And then I go into my junk to make sure nothing got there. And I find another email from a never-Trumper. And they're the same link. And it's about QAnon. Oh my God, QAnon. Those crazy QAnon people. Now, you would expect the left to send you that, because they are always uber on the SPLC. Every conservative group is racist kooks. And once again, QAnon is crazy. I, I saw their tweets, QAnonymous, and it was all rigged, and Trump was... I remember I put it out on the show. There's tweets, people saying... Trump's letting this all happen, and then he's going to swoop in and arrest her. I mean, it was just some crazy-ass shit. But it's invariably the New York Times, WAPO, never-Trumpers, who really, in my opinion, are just liberals, and they haven't admitted it. Over four years of hating Trump, they've really liberalized what they believe America should be, but they won't embrace that they're Democrats. They still think they're conservatives, and they think they're the real conservatives. And they're the principal conservatives. And anybody else is just a fucking loser because you've been brainwashed by Trump. But they will send these links to vague Proud Boy articles and QAnon. Anybody who's been on the internet knows there's a lot of crazy people out there. And they believe in a lot of crazy shit. It is ripe with conspiracy theories. And I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, where was the truthers? They got jobs with Obama, and they have shows on CNN. One of the prominent ones, Van Jones. He believed George Bush blew up the White House. How about Russiagate? An entire media conglomerate, Never Trumpers, Lincoln Project, Bill Crystals, all these people that hated Trump jerked off with a big bucket of KY over Russia. That was a conspiracy. It was a lie. It was totally unproven, and in my opinion, 
QAnon's pretty crazy, but anybody that believed the Hillary Trump election got turned with $136,000 worth of bots on Facebook, I think you need to really step back and realize you hate a person so much, you've lost perspective. Emails, no emails, FBI, no FBI. That election was a referendum on eight years of Obama and being told you're a piece of shit and people needed a break. Yeah, there might be some bubble people, but those are just Democrats that don't want to admit they're Democrats, a.k.a. never Trumpers. And I don't claim to be a conservative. I'm an independent conservative leaving, and I would never say what a party is or isn't. But from my perspective, the hate that has come down over Trump has literally made people lose that you're no longer conservative. You agree with Democrats on nine-tenths of things. You believe in censorship. You believe the Capitol was worse than a fucking summer of violence, and now people calling for the Stasi. That Brennan soundbite is scary shit. It will do more harm to our country than a, a thousand idiots to storm the Capitol and try to stop an electoral confirmation that still happened. Specifically when you find out it was more than Trumpers. Specifically when you find out that they knew it was coming and they let it happen because they needed this. And so did you, Never Trumpers. You needed a new evil demon to push back on everybody who invaded your party. The big Bill Crystals, the Lincoln Project, sadly my two friends, you don't like what Republicans have become. You don't like Trump's influence. You want to go back to the days where it's just basically a Democratic party that believes in fiscal conservatism. The problem is... Trump tapped into what normals, us Walmart losers, uneducated pieces of shit, what we felt. Going back to my analogy a couple shows ago, those people in West Virginia. We just want America to stay the same. I want to live my life and let you live your life. It's more libertarian than it is conservative now. We want to go back to the days where you just do you and I do me and get the fuck out of my kid's school, out of the college, out of my TV. I want to watch football and I don't want to be told I'm a fucking racist. That's all we want. He tapped into the fact that we, unlike you, because you probably file under the 27, 30% of Republicans that say they're Republicans, who find the media isn't biased, we believe the media is one-sided. We believe the Internet is one-sided. And we truly believe that regardless of how crazy people are, be it Q QAnon, Truthers, Russiagate, Trump's got a secret army that we played twice on the show, everybody has the right to believe they're fucking crazy. We don't need to shut that crazy down as a fucking threat to democracy. Because as you're saying, Republic's going to make it. Joe Scarborough says it. My both, my never-Trumpers say it. It's like a line that was handed to him from, I don't know, Mika Brzezinski. I don't know where it came from. Because as you see, they want to get rid of the filibuster. And now they say it's not going to go away because two people turned. But that's today. 
that media pressure will crack down on cinema and mansion in a heartbeat, and we're back in the game. They say that the 19 million illegals isn't going to change things. They say two states aren't going to say change things. They say all that because they agree with the Democrats more than they agree with Republicans, and they think the Republicans should all be voted out of office because they challenged an election the Democrats challenged, and they themselves challenged in 2016. See, it's hard to flip off Never Trump and go back to being a conservative. You have embraced liberal media. You've wrapped yourself in every negative Trump story, and you believed it. And most of it was a conspiracy theory. It was no different than QAnon. It's the same fucking thing. But now, like Democrats, the media, the FBI, the establishment of our country... QAnon's a threat. Antifa's an idea. Getting rid of Fox News would be great for Republicans, because shut those people up. Getting rid of Parler. Getting where anywhere that people could actually talk about the government. Is good now. You believe that's okay. Because you've eaten four years of Trump, and anybody who supports Trump is a loser, is un-American, is a piece of shit. You embrace those ideals. You are Joe Scarborough, a guy that was a hardcore conservative, but then he stuck his dick in a Democrat and got married to her, and somehow during Obama, he became an advocate for Obama and then turned into a never-trepper. That's my anger. Every time I get one of those emails, I just get angry because they can't see that they're no longer even partially conservative. You hate the people that vote for your party. You think you're better than them. And that's why Trump got elected. That's why Trump had poll. That's why there is a QAnon. A proud boy. That's why people are out there. They're tired of being told they don't have freedom of speech. And they're a conspiracy theorist, while the entire establishment, including never-Trumpers, also known as Democrats in denial, say that they're a threat to democracy. It's tiresome. The whole fucking thing's tiresome. I mean, I, I can point out straight off, here's just one to prove my point about this 2001, media instructed GOP to compromise with liberals when they had everything. David French adds some perspective to the handful of bad Biden executive orders. This is how all never-Trumpers are. Once again, they don't realize they've gone too far to the left, and now they embrace those ideals. Regarding Biden's EOs, two things are true. You can oppose the worst, including through litigation when appropriate, yet a handful of bad EOs do not mean it was better to support a deranged liar who'd incite the sacking of the Capitol. A lie! That's a conspiracy theory also. All evidence presented, his words didn't. And if you're going to say his words, Hockley's words, Ted Cruz's words, incited with the big line Nazi reference, well, then Obama, Biden himself, 
the vice president. The entire media did a summer of violence. Because they excused it. They condoned it. They didn't broadcast it. They said it was okay. It was social justice. Sometimes violence is the language of the oppressed. That's what you said. You agreed with it. Probably donated to it. Megan Coll- uh, Megan Kelly. Only 18% of Republicans trust the media. The refusal of the MSM to consider their role in causing this is inexcusable but predictable. If they want to kill their own medium, that's their choice. But GOP voters, 75 million of them, will find other options. 18% of Republicans. I was off. I thought it was 21. Those are never Trumpers. They think the media is okay. Oh, they're a little biased, but you know, Trump is bad. Trump's evil. And if you believe Trump wasn't evil, you're evil. And if you believe the election was on the up and up, well, you're just like those insurrectionists. That's actually been said to me in so many words and emails. Most of the people ask, who are the 18%? Because I haven't trusted them forever. We have articles like, listen to this soundbite. Let me get the volume up first, because I always do it in the middle. Listen to this. I'm Jen Saki, the White House Press Secretary. In my first tweet, I asked all of you to send me questions. So today, I'm going to answer them. Will you take the hard questions from reporters and strive for transparency? Yes, that's my goal. First feline update to the Have to answer the one. I'm also wondering about the cat because the cat is going to dominate the internet whenever the cat is... Cat and dogs. Cat and dogs. Not the Babylon Bee. The official POTUS account confirms President Biden's favorite ice cream. This is real. This is real. This has been media from for the whole fucking election. This is the media. Right, let me get the volume up. I asked all of you to send me questions, so today I'm going to answer them. Yes, that is absolutely an action. Big COVID cat because it has found. What are the plans for the Biden Bible introduced immigration bill after citizenship? Because we yeah, actually have sure. ice cream fan. So does that giant freezer full of ice cream really quick? I have not found it and I have worked here before. When I was in Wilmington before the president was inaugurated, I did ask him for my four year old niece Zariah, who was very curious about what his favorite ice cream was. His favorite ice cream was chocolate chip. So that is my uh That's good shit. That's good shit. That's our media. By networks, lapdogs go gaga for the German Shepherd. I'm not playing it. Whole ABC article on his German Shepherd. And then we have the press on the press. Watch Biden amps up adversarial bromance with Fox News' Peter Ducey. Donald Trump ignores shouted CNN questions about campaign contact with Russia. Those are now where we're at. Uh, President Trump would actually call the mainstream media the enemy of the people. You've been on the receiving end of that. And fake news whenever he was challenged during a press briefing. Do you think the media will hold President Biden to the same level of scrutiny? I do. Uh, And, you know, President Trump did that not just when we were questioning him. This was his M.O. He said that that he tried to discredit us because it helped him politically. I don't think you're going to see that from Biden. That's not just that's just not his personality. But that doesn't mean uh, so in that sense, things are going to be different in terms of the relationship with the press. But that doesn't mean he's in any way going to get any kind of free pass or or even, frankly, a honeymoon. He's got 
some very serious questions that he needs to, to face and, and answer to about his agenda going forward. You know, whether he can actually pull this off. How realistic is it that he's going to get Republicans to come on board? He campaigned on unity and reaching across the aisle, and he's already got Republicans and even some Democrats who have major questions about his plan. So it remains to be seen just how much he's going to compromise and how much he can make good on this campaign promise. But, but I don't think it's going to be as an antagonistic relationship as the one we've seen in the past. I, I hope not anyway. President Biden, now President Biden, condemned protests and violence on the far left and the far right before he was president. Why haven't we heard anything directly from him about the riots in Portland and the Pacific Northwest since he was inaugurated? Well, he's taking questions later this afternoon, so perhaps you will. I will say from here uh, that President Biden condemns violence and any violence in the strongest possible terms. Peaceful protests are a cornerstone of our democracy, uh, but smashing windows is not protesting and neither is looting. And actions like these are totally unacceptable, and anyone who committed a crime should be prosecuted to the fullest extent. Our team is, of course, monitoring it very closely. And as he pushes for federal help to businesses affected by COVID, should we expect to see any kind of federal assistance for these businesses up there that are affected by COVID and riots? And just one more about the announcement you made off the top about the travel restrictions. Mm -hmm. When President Trump was imposing travel restrictions in March specifically on China, then candidate Biden called it xenophobic and fear-mongering. So now President Biden is putting travel restrictions on people coming in from other countries. What words do we use to describe that? Well, I don't think that's quite a fair articulation. If the whole point of impeaching somebody is basically to get rid of them, and Trump is already gone, would President Biden support maybe the Senate censuring him just so that lawmakers can move on with the people's business? Now, wait, 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 wait. I, I know he always asks me tough questions, and he always has an edge to them, but I like him anyway. So go ahead and answer, answer, ask the question. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, so you just said that you think within three weeks or so we'll be at the point where there are a million vaccines per day, but it seems like... No, I think we'll get there before that. And then my, the follow-up to that would be, uh, now that you're president and you're saying there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months, what happened to two months ago when you were talking declaratively about, I'm going to shut down the virus? The Biden administration is making truth a tagline uh, with the president himself saying that everyone, every American has a duty to defend the truth and defeat the lies. He said that's especially true for people in leadership positions. Of course, all of this a contrast to the Trump years. Uh, also a contrast in the press briefing room where the new press secretary, Jen Psaki, previously a CNN contributor, is promising to restore transparency and truth to the podium. How can she do that? Is she able to do that? And what is that going to look like? With me now on TV together for the first time, three former press secretaries. Uh, Joe Lockhart worked for Bill Clinton and is now a partner at Rational 360 and a CNN commentator. Scott McClellan worked for George W. Bush and is now the VP for University Affairs at Seattle University. And Jay Carney uh, worked for Barack Obama and is now Senior Vice President for Global Corporate Affairs at Amazon. Jay, you were the most recent of our three press secretaries here. So how would you evaluate uh, Jen Psaki's first week? Not only was I, am I the most recent, Brian, I, I got the pleasure of working with Jen when I was in the Obama White House. Uh, and, and I, you couldn't, you couldn't have a better choice, honestly. She is 
so ready for this, so prepared, and I think you saw that uh, already this week. Uh, she's unbelievably knowledgeable and fluid in answering questions. She is sincere and conveys sincerity, and she has a lot of respect for the independent, free, working press, which reflects her boss, President Biden, just as it did President Obama. And I think she set a great tone. I really uh, am so pleased at the rollout uh, so far. It's not going to be easy, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think they're, they're hitting, they're hitting their, their marks really well. Mr. President, let's talk about your food about. You. So there's not going to be any delay on the tax increases. No, well, I got to get the votes. I got to get the votes. That's why, you know, uh, the one thing that I, ha- I have this strange notion: we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, "Well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something." Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Got to take a quick break. We'll be. Sure. executive order is a memorandum for the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development to redress our nation's and the federal government's history of discriminatory housing practices and policies. I thought yelling at the press was wrong. It was adversarial. Now it's okey-fucking-dokey, artichokey. Fact-checker admits they won't count Biden's false claims. The final count never would have believed this number was possible when we started four years ago. In four years, President Trump made 30,573 false or misleading claims. I had a question about five factual statements in a recent Biden speech. I received citations and documents backing up those numbers 15 minutes after sending an email request for backup. Because they get a spin. Then another one. Oh, we didn't know it was wrong at the time, so we didn't really make a fact check wrong about that kid that got shot in Kenosha. That's the same guy, Kessler. We welcome all suggestions for fact checks. This is Kessler again. Some of our fans on the right, we see you, red states, have been urging fact checks to bind lies, and so we thought we'd take an opportunity to explain what we think makes for a good fact check. The best fact checks are pinned on a number uttered by a politician. We then use that number to dig into policy issues. The last president was rather loquacious, um, speaking or tweeting without any prior fact-checking. We rarely fact-check statements by PR people like press secretaries. Oh, really? Seltzer right off the bat. Oh, he's lying. Remember that? I played it on the show. We only did that once or twice during Trump and Obama. We have a high bar for such statements because we prefer to pin the Pinocchios on the policymaker. We also keep an eye on possible policy flip-flops and inconsistencies. Whether Biden succeeds in getting stimulus checks that amount to 2000 is too soon to assess. Steve, red states. Glenn, I'm here to help whenever you need me. Just let me know when you can get the Biden lie counter up and running. I have a whole stack already. I'll contribute. Don't even have to pay me for giving them to you. We have no plans to start a Biden false misleading claims tracker, just as we had no plans at that point to start it for Trump. The constant tweeting of falsehoods forced our hands. Oh yeah, but Trump, because Trump 
They, they can't let Trump go. They just can't. Here's a short soundbite. He, well, let me, let me make sure I get my notes right. Uh, he killed shame, the climate, racism is over, mojo, which is every Never Trumper's hero right now, GOP is just evil, though we're not in charge of shit. NBC is saying our stimulus is held up by Republicans who are in charge of nothing. I'll show you that tweet in a second. They literally believe Trump's still running the government, I guess, because they can't let Trump go. President Biden has a long to-do list, and near the top is immigration. On his first day in office, he lifted the Muslim travel ban. He's proposing a path to citizenship for millions of undocumented people. And he's expected to take action to help reunite migrant families separated at the border. Welcome news for many immigrants and their children. But Nora says everything feels different about Inauguration Day this time around. Hopefully Biden can make us minorities feel safer living here in America. It taught me to trust more in people in my community. I am actually very full of hope and I'm very excited for what's to come because I really think the change is fast approaching. The younger teenagers also feel that change is in the air and hope the new administration will lead us out of the dark days of division. Watch every presidential inauguration that I can remember since I was a little boy and long before I ever imagined that I would live and work in America. But I had never watched one the way I watched the inauguration of Joe Biden. I never considered the details leading up to an inauguration. I watched this one like a nervous parent making sure everything went as planned. Because for years, thanks to the last four years at least, everything is different. Our demons are on full display. Our union is certifiably imperfect. Our nation is divided. After a year that takes first place in our history for death, destruction, fear, and injustice, normalcy is struggling to regain its place. And one thing with which we will struggle in this new day for America is the death of shame. In addition to the other norms that the former president destroyed, he turned lying, deliberate, casual, and often with the force of law, into an art form, and with that contributed to that death of shame. Let me give you an example. As you know, I'm a business journalist, and for most of my career, when I'd interview a CEO and they'd tell me something that wasn't true, and I'd had the evidence that it wasn't true, it would make for an awkward moment. They'd try to explain it away, their people would offer clarifications, and maybe there'd be a statement of, uh, of clarification. Maybe even an apology. If the lie or any kind of wrongdoing pointed out by the press was significant, someone might resign a, a red letter of sorts on their chest, a mark of shame. But for some people, some liars, there's no shame now. One reason I haven't had Trump officials or allies on my show for the last several months is that confronting them with the truth stopped mattering. When caught lying or distorting the facts, they just lied more. Some people, it seemed, are not embarrassed to be caught lying. To have to wear a red letter or two red letters in the former president's case, both capital I's for impeachment, it means little to him. There's no contrition. Rather, he explains it away as partisan or calls it a hoax or a witch hunt, a source of shame once again somehow morphed into a badge of honor. That thing, the death of shame, is the real catastrophe. But after a massive disinformation push by the fossil fuel industry, including heavy lobbying of and financial contributions to GOP lawmakers and some Democrats, there has been a shift towards devastating denial and inaction, even in the face of scientific consensus, culminating 
and Donald Trump, who was not just a climate skeptic, he, you could call him an outright climate denier as president, and he also called global warming an expensive hoax. Over his four years in office, Donald Trump laid siege to America, to environmentalism. He curtailed the clean power plan. He promoted coal and fracking. He denigrated clean energy and claimed wind turbines caused cancer. He deregulated the oil and gas industries and pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. All the while, natural disasters raged across the United States and the world, made worse by climate change. In fact, during Donald Trump's term, more than 8 million acres of land in California were burned by wildfires. And last year alone, we broke records for the frequency of name storms. And, I mean, the Green New Deal, obviously, it's not... If, if you include the crucial aspects like the aspect of equity and, and so on, it's, it's very, very far from being enough, from being in line with the Paris Agreement and so on. And that's not my opinion, um, if people may think that. But uh, it's, it at least gets the discussion going. And, um, and yes, you could, you could argue that we need more moderate suggestions to, to, because that will at least get passed. Um, and that could be uh, that could be a way as long as we then make clear. I mean, if it's better than nothing, then as long as we make clear that this is very, very far from being enough, and um, and so on. And we must also remember that we can't negotiate and compromise with the laws of physics. You know, Willie, uh, I talked briefly before, and I don't want to get into it because I don't want to give people. Uh, um, the attention that they probably want very much yeah. uh but i will say um fox news had uh, someone i know a former leader of the republican party uh saying that democrats wanted and i'm using his words here democrats wanted to quote exterminate exterminate all republicans let me say that again yeah. for fox news sponsors to let you know for Fox News sponsors to let you know what's happening now on Fox News. That they're getting people who are Fox News contributors who are saying that Democrats, Joe Biden and Democrats, want to, quote, exterminate all Republicans. You also have Fox News hosts that are talking about how Democrats are using troops to uh, make American people submissive, that they are not American troops, they are democratic troops that are just there to show that they are in complete power. This is sick, Willie. It's especially sick and damaging. Here we are, what, a couple weeks after an insurrection against the United States of America. I, I understand that Fox News is having trouble because Newsmax is taking some of its viewers and some of the people think that Fox News hasn't been harsh enough uh, since the election. But we had mobs surging up to the United States Capitol a couple of weeks ago. And you have a former Republican leader saying that all Democrats want to, quote, exterminate Republicans. Yeah, I mean, that is, you that, is, that is patently, that is patently 
uh, patently un-American for him to say that. He is, he is trying to gin up the base so he can make money on his mailing lists, uh, so they can drive ratings up, uh, and so he can inspire an insurrection against the United States as well. And for another host mm. to be as anti-American as he is, attacking our men and women in uniform, saying they're not Americans, that they're Democrats and they're there to make the American people submit to the Democrats' will, that is, that is beyond grotesque. We, I, of all the crazy stuff we have seen, I, I, we've never been to this point yet. You get the distinct sense, Joe, that since Donald Trump turned on Fox News a, a couple of months ago and encouraged his supporters to stop watching and suggested some other outlets like the one you just mentioned, that they're playing a little bit of catch up over there, that they're having to sort of woo back yeah. some of those viewers and continuing with the lie that Donald Trump won the election. Joe Biden was sworn into office on Wednesday. Even QAnon supporters are saying, OK, the, the gig is up. The jig is up. We, we, you know, we lost this battle. We're moving on. But many at Fox News are continuing with that dangerous lie. And as you say, it's manifesting itself in ways that talk about those troops in the streets, for example, in a vacuum, as if that was not a response to a violent attack on the Capitol two and a half weeks ago, that as if they were just there as some show of force against Republicans or conservatives or, or whoever, as if they weren't there to seal off a city that was attacked, that was literally attacked two weeks ago. Let's and before I play Tucker, I want to play a couple sound bites just this week. Uh, two were about the filibuster, because the media is all on board. They just want one-party rule. So do never-Trumpers. They just don't understand it yet. They, they haven't really accepted who they are. They're liberals. Just go with it. You're a Democrat. Be a Democrat. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you cannot like the evil, yucky parts of the party. I mean, you couldn't do it for the right, though. You see them as all fucking QAnon conspiracists or insurrectionists. But you, you can go with it. Just embrace the left. It's who you are. So we have blockbuster sound bites. And here's an impeachment manager. Tell me if this is a reason to do an impeachment. What's your message to the people, and there are plenty out there, stating it as some kind of constitutional fact that you can't hold a trial for a former president? Well, uh, the, the, president, the president says you can try somebody who has left office. It's, the president is clear. But also, the, the, the reason is you can't just say, okay, if you're president, you can – you can just do anything you want the last few weeks of your presidency with no consequence because, uh, because then, then you couldn't be tried. That's not a good result. And, and of course the most, the, the most, uh, telling example that you could see is what just happened mm -hmm. where you have a president who incites a crowd to go and try to stop the certification of a legitimate election. You can't just say, oh, well, now you left office, so no harm, no foul. That's not the way it works. Congresswoman Diana DeGette, thank you for coming back on New Day. We look forward to speaking with you. I mean, I, I'm sure it's not funny to Kristen Sinema, but, you know, I'm looking on Twitter and I'm hearing some of these comments from people attacking Kristen Sinema. Well, she can just leave the party. And I'm seeing the thing, what? What are you, a Republican in Georgia? Like, Kristen, you have two Democratic senators in John McCain and Barry Goldwater's state. 
And you you want them to leave? What? Do you think you're going to get Che Guevara elected out there? It's like, seriously. <laughs> when are people going to no. grow up? And Joe Manchin, he's voting. Like, he's, he's a Democrat. Last he Democrat made, from West Virginia. He, he made... Democrats, the majority party. He is in a state that Donald Trump won 68% to 29%. And these idiots on Twitter, who, yes, they are still in their mother's basement, on the left and the right, eating Cheetos. The Cheeto dust getting in their eyes. Democrats had hope when Senator Mitch McConnell moved from majority to minority leader. The Senate might work a little differently. We might see more votes becoming more laws, more bills becoming more laws. Well, now, Senator McConnell is at the center of a new clash, and it could put some of President Biden's top priorities, like bigger pandemic relief checks for you, in jeopardy. It takes 60 votes to pass most pieces of legislation. There is no viable path to major action on issues like immigration reform, gun control, even raising the minimum wage to $15 because those do not have the support of 10 Republican senators or really even close to that. So the question is how much the filibuster is going to stand in the way of President Biden's priorities, whether Democrats are going to consider maybe abolishing it. The filibuster looms uh, over President Biden's agenda. How much pressure is the Biden team facing to get some of these things done legislatively? And what does that mean for the fate of the filibuster? Can he get police reform? Can he get these other major reforms done if the filibuster is still in place? He should use his bully pulpit and his ability to deliver messages direct to the Democrats who now control not only the White House, but has a tied control of the Senate and the House to get these laws through. And they must deal with the filibuster, which was born uh, in uh, the archaic times it was used to block civil rights and voting laws. We need to get rid of the filibuster and bring about laws that would protect the rights and, and the fairness for the American people. I got so many sound bites. I, I, I can't go to Tucker yet. I, got, I, got, I mean, listen to that. They're mourning that the filibuster's still going to be in. That impeachment is just bullshit. The whole impeachment thing's bullshit. 45 Republicans said it was unconstitutional. Five, they're all never Trumpers, which really are Democrats, but they're just pretending to be Republicans because they're not liberal enough so they can't get elected in their states. They went with the Democrats. So that'll probably be your vote. 50-45, or 55-45, will be the vote. It won't be 67. He won't get impeached. COVID's so important. We'll see in a second. But this is more important because democracy and shit. But the media and them, never Trumpers, my anger point, they do shit like this. President Joe Biden's non-doctrinarian Catholicism is driving comparisons to Pope Francis. They sainted him. Um, New York Times boldly proclaims liberal Christianity ascends with Biden's faith. They won't even recognize that he can't take communion. Because what did they spend four years doing? Trump's not a Christian. He's evil. He's a piece of shit. Any Christian that votes for Trump isn't a real Christian. You're not a real Christian. You're not a real Christian. But Biden, a guy who believes in live birth abortion, he's a saint. NBC even did a segment. 
President Joe Biden has never been shy about his faith. Yet what was a moment of triumph for Catholics in 1960 is now one of tension. He's becoming president at a time, though, when Catholics disagree about what it means to be a good Catholic. And uh, it, it figures largely on the question of abortion. Some pro-choice Catholics fell victim to the culture wars. In 2004, several bishops said they would deny communion to Democratic nominee John Kerry. Washington's new cardinal, who prayed at Biden's COVID memorial event, says he won't do that. Still, the Bishops' Conference formed a working group to deal with what it calls a difficult and complex situation. It's the first time they have this problem of a Catholic at the White House who represents how Catholics feel on some issues much more than the bishops do represent. A faith in many ways as divided as the country Joe Biden now leads. You see the impact of Catholic social doctrine on his policies regarding immigration, social justice, and the death penalty. But I think what is really interesting here is all the people I talked to for this story said they see an opportunity for Joe Biden to lead a dialogue on abortion and how to reduce the number of procedures in the country. Why do people that hate religion get to claim what religion is? Anybody. This is a great cigar. If you never tried it, you should really try it. It's a major ass chewing, though, because I sadly had set a six month Reese order. I didn't know I did it. So he showed up, and Mama wasn't happy. But why do they get a set whose religion? What is religion? They hate religion. We just spent. A whole goddamn summer being told Christians are the reason why there's racism. Christians are the fucking reason there's COVID. Same people. They got away with that crap for fucking ever. Let me put it over here so we don't have a whole goddamn smoke inside the window. Okay, so let's let's go into COVID for a second. Because we just did a fact checker thing. And Trump's bad. And we don't count... And Christians bad, and never our Trumpers are great or bad. Sorry, never Trumpers are great. Just in, Governor Pritzker Health Team officially gave the green light Saturday for restaurants and bars across Chicago to open. New York City is desperate for Biden COVID vaccine to combat the Trump virus. They're getting away with lying that somehow, some way, Trump didn't have a plan. We covered it briefly. He finally got called on it. Now he says he's going to do 1.5. CNN PR slaps back with screenshots falsely accused of dropping COVID tracker. Yeah, they have. California keeps key virus data out of sight of public because the left doesn't want people to know the truth because they still want to keep them at home. California about to drop a stay-at-home order because somehow COVID just went away. Washington, D.C. shut down indoor dining on 23 December with a positivity rate of 32 per 100K because it helped politically. Now, with 36 per 100K, they're opening back up the economy. Amazon, who pushed, as they do for all things liberal, Another reason why I will not be doing Amazon Prime anymore, once my subscription goes out, 
for mail-in ballot because of COVID is now. Jeff Bezos and Amazon do not want their workers voting by mail on unionization. Amazon says mail-in voting wouldn't be valid or fair. And because the left scared the shit out of everybody, Hollywood elites cutting in line offering bribes to get first vaccine. Janice Dean, it's time to name and shame the Hollywood elite trying to bribe their way. Beverly Hills-based Dr. Robert Huzina confirms a variety that his practice has been offered in excess of $10,000 by important people who say only black people should get the virus or the vaccination. Here's a warp speed bullshit. Ellen Carmichael links to OWS representatives saying they had more than 300 meetings with Biden teams prior to them taking office. It's not a good look to needlessly and dishonestly trash the people who came before you, but that hasn't stopped the Biden team, including Pasaki, from exaggerating or flat-out lying about them, not having the opportunity to get their hands around the vaccine rollout. It would be one thing if there was existing system in place that were working and working well. The Trump administration got out more than 40 million vaccine doses via deep freeze transportation to every corner of this country and left robust plans for the Biden team. 918,000 some odd vaccinations a day. Worth repeating that between Pfizer and Madera promised to distribute another 250 million doses by April 30th, enough for 125 Americans and in J&J one-shot vaccines getting approved with distribution for 100 million adults. And besides, did you elect Biden so his team could whine about how difficult this is, make excuses on acceptable low goal on vaccine administration, and refuse to provide even basic information to the public? I thought they were going to be the adults in the room. Today's presser, Pisaki refused to answer what distributing fund funding look like, what the Biden administration vaccine goal was, why there were conflicting projections on herd immunity. And as in every time, I point to never Trumpers, Bill Crystal, the Lincoln, my two buddies. Wait a minute, Trump was the virus. You were just like lefties and said he killed all those people. Why does Biden get to lie? Biden fucking talked about herd immunity. It was okay. When Trump talked about it, that was fucking a conspiracy. Here's your media COVID. The reality behind the scenes of getting a vaccine distribution plan into action and building on what the last administration left. What, what is actually going on behind the scenes? Well, the sad part is the last administration didn't leave anything. They didn't leave a plan. Didn't leave anything. And they they the, didn't leave a plan. I just want, okay, go ahead. They didn't. But uh, if you look at it, uh, they vaccinated the easiest populations, that is first uh, responders and people in nursing homes. And so now we have the hard task of vaccinating the American people, which means going to where they are. The president has rolled out that he'd like to have uh, more mobile uh, vaccination uh vehicles, that he would like to use government buildings and more federally supported uh, sites so that we could give out vaccines. And look, it's not going to be easy, but we're going to do it, but it's also going to take uh, state partners. And part of this is why we're calling on Congress and the American people to push for uh, passing the American Recovery uh, Plan, a rescue plan, because we know we're going to need resources 
to get these vaccinations out and in the arms of people who need them. Okay, we're just really quick. I want to circle back to what you said at the top. You said they didn't leave anything. Anthony Fauci was asked about that yesterday, and he said, no, um, we're not starting from scratch. So where is the, where is the truth? Well, it depends on the question you're asking. No, we're not starting from scratch because we actually have the vaccines. Uh, but no, we didn't have a plan on how to distribute the vaccines. We didn't have a coordinated plan on how to deal with the states and getting uh, the vaccines out to people. We didn't have a plan on making sure that there were enough supplies. And so we're going to get it done. Uh, we're going to hit our goal of 100 million doses uh, within the first 100 days. And look, we're Scott Wilson, your microphone has been enabled. Thank you. Scott Wilson is president of the Pasco Association of Educators. There are decisions to be made. You stand on the lawn of the U.S. Capitol as people break down barriers and head to the doors. Do you follow? You stand at the governor's mansion. The crowd breaks down barriers to enter the grounds. Do you follow or do you choose a different way? We must not ignore the culture of white supremacy and white privilege. We have seen it in the free to breathe, reopen everything, rodeos and rallies that received county commissioner support. The same commissioner directs our health district. No one wants remote learning. No one wants remote learning, but it is the right thing to do. We know the equity concerns. Virus transmission is high, headed higher. With so many ignoring and avoiding measures to stop the spread, remote learning is the right decision. You've moved forward as the health district removes the barricades for you. You could choose a different way. You could move to pause in-person learning. You could ask for a new path that benefits all, not some. You could have the discussion and vote. You could choose a different way. Students are not coming to school. They live in multi-generational homes and have lost family members. We speak of equity. We speak of care of all students. And yet we listen and attend to voices saying, reopen everything and free to breathe, supporting white privilege. My family had to leave the Tri-Cities in 66. As minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Kennewick, Dad had the audacity to say Jesus Christ would not support a sign telling blacks, stay out of Kennewick after dark. He traveled registering black voters in the South and white supremacists here were outraged. He made the right decision. You received the same emails as I, calling teachers lazy or comparing teachers to store clerks. They complain their children are suicidal without school or sports. As a father daily surviving the suicide of my son, I find these statements ignorant and another expression of white privilege. Huge daily death, death tolls from this pandemic, seditious attacks at our capital, plus a new, more transmittable strain of the virus while our case numbers are rising again. You have the authority to hit pause. Allow time to find a way forward through the end of the year. You could choose a different way. Thank you, members of the board and Superintendent Whitney. Thank you for your comments, Mr. Wilson.
It's our livelihood versus our lives. In this moment, be safe. That's real. That's not a conspiracy theorist. We need to worry about QAnon. We really got to be worried about QAnon. My never Trump friends tell me. That's so fucking scary. Proud boys. Those insurrectionists. It's a sad day when I agree with Tulsi Gabbard as we go into our cancel section. Because this is what it's all about. So we're going to play um, Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker, just just to start off slowly. I don't I don't want anybody out there to pull a pull a muscle. It, it could be hurtful. The mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country. But let's be clear. The John Brennans, Adam Schiff's, and the oligarchs in big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutionally protected rights and turn our country into a police state with KGB-style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful and therefore dangerous than the mob that stormed the Capitol. Now, John Brennan said, So I know looking forward that the members of the, the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of the country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious, ex religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. Now, President Biden... I call upon you and all members of Congress from both parties to denounce these efforts by the likes of Brennan and others to take away our civil liberties that are endowed to us by our creator and guaranteed in our constitution. If you don't stand up to these people now, then our country will be in great peril. Their new idea is that this channel shouldn't be allowed. Now they're not arguing that Fox News is inaccurate and dishonest, and you shouldn't watch it. They're arguing that you shouldn't be able to watch Fox News because Fox News should be eliminated by force. A few days ago, a former New York Times columnist called Anand Giridharadas 
posted this question on Twitter, quote, should Fox News be allowed to exist? No, he quickly concluded. Fox News, quote, shouldn't be legal. No one online seemed especially surprised by this view. Among a certain group, it is a gathering consensus. CNN certainly agrees with it. CNN is our direct competitor, of course, so you might imagine they would recuse themselves from this conversation. Oh, but just the opposite. CNN is staring down the barrel of some pretty lean years, ratings-wise, now that their reason for existing has departed from Mar-a-Lago. They would love one less news channel on the dial. So over the weekend, the Dwarf King summoned a pair of his most pliable minions up from the cellar and turned them loose to explain that actually, allowing people to watch what they want to watch on TV is a massive threat to democracy. No, it's existential. It's existential. Mm, existential. Now, you should know that no one on CNN has ever been asked to spell or define the word existential. The day that happens is the day they stop using the word. Instead, they called in reinforcements from Jeff Bezos, who you should also know has expressed interest in buying CNN, because, of course, Bezos' employee, Margaret Sullivan at the Washington Post, wrote an entire column about how the continued existence of a single news channel that at times disagrees with all the other news channels is, you guessed it, a threat to democracy. That's too much choice. That's not democratic. Quote, corporations that advertise on Fox News should walk away, Sullivan wrote, and citizens who care about the truth should demand that they do so. Again, Margaret Sullivan didn't ask people to stop watching Fox News. She asked for us to be unemployed. Her colleague Max Boot agreed with that. Max Boot also labors for Jeff Bezos at the Washington Post. Noticing a theme here? When you work for the world's richest man, people tend to listen to you. When you call for government officials to crush dissent, that's not a small thing. Once again, I don't watch Fox News other than Tucker. I don't watch Newsbuster other than The Seltzer Show, because it's actually entertaining once again. I don't not watch OWN unless there's riots, and I just want to watch the riots, riots, unedited. And then sometimes I go to Woke.net, my brother got me, and it literally is nobody talking, but sometimes they focus on weirdos way too long and I can't handle it. But all this never-Trump conspiracy, gotta root out libertarians, fucking rascals, all that shit, everybody who disagrees with us is fucking evil. Y you get this shit. You get this. Brian Seltzer, will Biden and Harris ruin the first week with crowd-sized dramas and voter fraud lies? No, almost certainly not. Will anti-democratic media outlets stir up faux scandals that muddy the first week anyway? Yes. And that's what it's about. Shut you up. NBC, waiting on that $1,400 check. Republicans say maybe a couple of months from now. Republicans, in charge of nothing. And that is expected, right? It's just expected we're going to have just big gargling everything the fucking left does. Yeah, that was crude, but that, that's what they're going to do. They did it for Obama. They didn't count lies or fact check. He got away with everything because he was a goddamn god. That was a cult. We didn't worry about that cult, though. Hope he changed. He was awesome. They're going back in time. Unflattering Camilla Harris antidote disappears and republished WAPO story. Then they put it back when they got caught. 
Blue Jack Journal claims media has been caving to the right for a while. The right has expertly wielded the media as a liberal bias card for a while, forcing newspapers to bend over backwards to appear, to appear fair and balanced. Reporting the news isn't about being fair and balanced. It's about telling the truth. In a world where people think they have to share their truth, that's a very subjective standard. A better standard is to share the facts and let people decide. Opinion. The media had a role to play in the rise of Trump. It's time to hold ourselves accountable. You read this whole thing, and this is from Karen Atta. It basically is, everybody's a fucking racist. No Republican should get a voice. We should be in a prog utopia. What do you think about that, number of Trumpers? Think that's a good idea? Technically, you have for four years. You you sided with the left on every accusation in Moon Battery. S.E. Cup. I don't know who needs to hear this, but now that there's a Democrat in the White House, Republicans and right-wing media are likely going to get worse, not better. She used to be part of that. And then they get really ugly. House Democrats want to bar election fraud protesters from ever getting security clearance. Man charged in Capitol riots barred from commenting about matters related to the U.S. government online for life. That's not fascism. <laughs> yeah, you fucking, you were a Trumper. Fuck your constitutional rights. Uh, Tom Elliott, Biden, we've never fully lived up to our founding principles of the nation to state the obvious. We bought the view that America's a zero-sum game. If you succeed, I fail. If you get ahead, I fall behind. Maybe worst of all, if I hold you down, I lift myself up. After the last four years, you're going to say shit like that? As we speak, these are the big brands that have pulled ads from Facebook that ha haven't pulled ads from Facebook yet. My pillow products are still being sold by these company Newsweeks. That's the fucking media going after a private company that supported Trump. When Amazon, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google supported Biden and me changing my email address made never Trumpers and some of the liberals I talked to as, oh gee, that's just extreme, Tony. You're extreme. Maybe you're a fucking proud boy. Twitter introduces new censorship program, Birdwatch, which is since silence conservatives. Dana Loesch. Apparently, I cannot sign up to contribute to Birdwatch because of an account violation. The violation was Twitter locking my account for sharing a story I wrote about big tech reaction to the New York Times Hunter Biden story. Even though Jack admitted that suspending New York Post account was wrong, MSM.com, pool, blank, I'm still barred from participating in Birdwatch because Twitter previously locked me out of my account for sharing a story about them. Let's be real. Birdwatch will mainly be progressives, gaslighting center, and right of center stories. But I was just certain that this was a good faith effort by Twitter people saying, no, it's not. The purge is on. They're lying about Hockley. Robert Green, a blue check. 
Incredible read, Josh Hockley was an early defender of the Oklahoma City bottoming and characterizes a legitimate war idea between USG and militias. Total lie. They get away with it. That goes out on Twitter. No, that's fucking under. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not going to bird watch that shit. Uh, this one. Blue Check claims it's okay when the left cancels people because they're principled and stuff. Catherine Cross, by rewarding and validating the bad faith complaints of the harassers, who to be a person were not interested in free and fair press, but in punishing perceived ideological foe, the New York Times encouraged more of the same. Some right-wingers, again speaking of bad faith, will say something to the effect of, live by the sword, die by the sword, arguing that liberals and lefties are getting just getting a taste of their own medicine. But the issue is that one side is sincere and the other is not. The publication gets boxed into feeling like they have to prove that they are unbiased, and so they overact to a crowd that has no sincere interest in journalistic ethics. Bad faith is one of the core of this playbook. The outrage is mostly confected and stems from nothing sincere. The harassers have no serious concern about any lofty issues of fairness. Rather, the New York Times' concern for such thing as weaponizing against them it is just a hack. I would never trumpet that sends me at least uh, one a month. Two or three when we started. Because I don't even read them. I won't read shit in the New York Times. I used to. The New York Times was actually the paper of record. But unlike him, I researched stories after Trump got elected. And I watched documentaries where the entire fucking staff was crying because Trump got elected. It was just like Google. And it just went, bing. These fucking people are liberals. Bro, put the Twitter down. Blue check journo blames fascist Trumpkins for getting his New York Times friend canceled in lame thread. Uh, is, I, I cannot believe that's actually an ad. This is the most important thing I've written. My friend and family, Lauren Wool 321 was just fired by the New York Times. At the New York Times, was pressured by fascist Trumpkins and hypocrites on the right for tweeting she had chills after witnessing Biden landing on the 20th. Let me tell you who Lauren is and how this impacts her personally, and finally how it's impacting her and her doggo. Those are the stories every time a lefty gets canceled. When those two kids literally firebombed a cop. There were stories. They just got caught up. I don't see those stories in reference to people who stormed the Capitol and just got caught up. And I know that's going to be a whataboutism to everybody who thinks that really was an insurrection. But there's never the same thing. If you align with Trump, you're a fucking cretin. And I don't say align like be a supporter, we're mega. If you just agree with them, that's what we've set up. And we didn't set it up with liberals. We didn't set it up with the media. They've always been that way. We set it up with never-Trumpers, who literally hated that person so bad, that once again they became liberals and they started hating people that liked him. They've become liberals. Jesse Jane Duff, no, this is lousy reporting, Eric. Senator Cotton never said he was in Ranger Regiment. He went to Ranger School and fought in combat in the 101st The left is despairing a combat vet after the treatment of the National Guard this week in D.C. I'm not surprised. Tom Cotton, this is Eric Fernandez, a blue check, campaigned on his experience as an Army Ranger, but he didn't have any. 
because they don't know anything about the military. It's like the same thing with guns. Then Salon, Senator Tom Cotton campaigned on his experience as an Army Ranger, but he didn't have any. In his first run for Congress, Cotton leaned heavily on his military service, claimed to have been a U.S. Army Ranger in Iraq and Afghanistan, and campaigning and had to volunteer to be an Army Ranger. In reality, Cotton was never part of the 75th Ranger. Cotton attended Ranger School, a two-month-long small unit tactic infantry school. Soldiers who complete the course earn the right to wear the Ranger tab, a small arch that reads Ranger. But in the eyes of the military, that does not make them an actual Ranger. He didn't say that. He never said that. But while they're going after Tom Cotton over the premise of what a ranger is that they don't even fucking know, Schumer did this. Did you figure out what happened yesterday? Yes, yes we heard about it at 9.30, got on top of it at 10. And it was solved by about 11, 11.30. And what was the issue? Uh, a few, no one from everyone on high, but a few people um, said they had to leave. No one understood why, but it's gone, and they all had nice places to stay. So in the near future, for the troops that are staying here, they'll be staying in the capital? Or? Happened. What happened was an outrage, and it will not happen again. I want you to think how that would have gone down with Trump. Latest reports, hundreds with COVID. How would that have gone down? And you heard him. We need to wake those people up. They kicked them the fuck out because they're low lifes. They're beneath them. They're low skill set. Dirty fucking people. But that's our world, Jimmy Kimmel. It feels good to only have to worry about deadly pandemic now. The entire world said, that is such a fucking rich person statement but they're part of this here's just a montage of inauguration day where they all got out the big fucking goddamn container ky and jerked off in unison you did it you survived the last four years and your reward a shiny new old president today this country showed the world that there is no my pillow large enough to smother our democracy. Seriously, anyone else feel like they just lost 280 pounds? Democracy prevails, but the game definitely went into overtime. Biden talked more about unity than a marriage counselor who only gets paid if the couple stays together. On Wednesday, President Joe Biden took the oath of office and a few hours later, late night TV hosts had a lot to say about his inauguration. I have to tell you, I have zero gloat in me. There is no end zone dance here. What I feel is enormous relief. Stephen Colbert kicked off his monologue on The Late Show, putting all jokes aside and admitting that he was unexpectedly emotional about the whole thing. Watching the inauguration today, I recognize just how worried I've been for my country. But we, we've all been too deep in it for the last four years to truly realize what we were deeply in. It's like we've been on a ship that's been in a storm for four years and we just stepped onto dry land. As for Seth Meyers, he described the day like this on his show, Late Night. So that's what it feels like when you're not grinding your teeth, I've forgotten. He also seized the moment to take a few final shots at Donald Trump and weighed in on this pick of Senator Bernie Sanders at the Capitol a pic that swiftly went viral. This picture of him 
sitting in his chair by himself like he was at Foot Locker waiting for the salesperson to bring him the next size up. Biden's first act as president should be to replace every Confederate monument in the country with this statue of Bernie Sanders. The plaque can say, come, don't come, it's a statue, who cares? Then there was Jimmy Fallon. It was a bright, sunny day in Washington, and now we finally have a president who knows not to stare directly at the sun. The Tonight Show host had his own jokes about the big day, including the ginormous Bible that Joe Biden was sworn in on, which has been in his family for generations. That's not a Bible you find in a dresser. That, that is a dresser. <laughs> Even the Pope was like, that's yeah, a little much. Yeah. Then there was James Corden on The Late Late Show, who also pointed out Biden's Bible. But look at that. That is a historic moment right there. Look at that. It's not often you get to see a president of the United States take his oath of office on a prop from one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel had his own special way of describing his feels for the day. I have to imagine this is what it feels like when the oncologist calls and tells you the tumor is benign. During his show, Jimmy Kimmel Live, the 53-year-old comedian gently poked fun at Lady Gaga and Jennifer Lopez, who both sang at the event. Two weeks ago, a bunch of dangerous imbeciles with Donald Trump flags tried to overthrow our government. Today, on that very same spot... I fucking hate every one of those. I fucking hate every one of those people, because they ruin late-night TV with their fucking hate. Two examples of the last po past four days. Jared Bile, the Washington Post has now added a link on an earlier published version to original 2019 Kamala Harris profile and its updated version of profile that removed an embarrassing antidote. This is staggering. Newsweek went back and rewrote a 2015 story that has described grads of ranger schools as rangers to match its present day story accusing Tom Cotton, who graduated from the school, of not being a ranger. That's how far this is. But they won't cover this. The night of their victory, we sent Joe Biden and Camilla Harris a letter requesting a meeting. It's now been 32 days. BLM. Everyone from unions to women to Native American tribes are outraged by Biden's far-left wing policies. It's only human to want to laugh at this, but we must recognize these fellow Americans are victim of fake news. From CNN, Embassy, Embassy, NBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, fucking New York Times, WAPO. But get rid of Fox! The Ute Indian tribe does not mince words as the response to the Federal Energy Development uh, Order on the Keystone. Uh, I don't know why she worded it that way. Your order is a direct attack on our economy and sovereignty. Keystone XL decision will raise energy costs for American families. Luna. Pipeline construction has been a lifeline for many Luna members across the country. The anticipated decision to cancel the Keystone Pipeline will kill thousands of jobs. Women put POTUS in the White House, black women in particular, the same women whose girls benefit from sports scholarships, the same women who will not get scholarships because dudes with cocks will. But we have this all week. Analyst questions whether Fox News should be legal. Brain mashing as a business model shouldn't be legal. Amon Grigagaga fucker. The dude with the gray hair and a peak that just needs to be kicked in the face. Figuratively, not literally. I would never advocate for violence. It's time for this question to be front and center. Should Fox News be allowed to exist? Brain mashing as a business model shouldn't be legal. I'm not a lawyer, 
but I don't understand why you're not allowed to manufacture Bukani that doesn't have a certain threshold of iron in it, but you can broadcast brain-mashing falsehoods. If the fairness doctrine applied to broadcast was constitutional, why would a new fairness doctrine applying more broadly be a violation of the same constitution? Firefighters! Exclusive! More than 100 Politico staffers sign on to a letter sent to publisher Robert Albertron expressing disgust with allowing right-wing firebrand Ben Shapiro to guest author one day's edition of the playbook. 2020 saw the largest percentage of increase in homicide in American history. Here's just a few states. Local murder increased 2020 were startling. 95% in Milwaukee, 78% in Louisville, 74% in Seattle, 72 in Minneapolis, 62 in New Orleans. We're not going to cover that. We're not going to blame the Democrats. We're going to cancel Fox News. Three days after Biden inauguration, Seattle starts prosecuting vandalizing rioters more harshly. Same time frame, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler pepper sprays man accosted him outside a pub. But I thought pepper spray was bad. From COVID to now riots against them. Yeah. Yeah, Trump's bad. We need to still worry about Trump and those insurrectionists. We really need to be concerned about that shit. It's just fucking out of control. We don't fix it now. What are we going to do? Fuck me running, interpretive dance. What is fucking fuck? Yeah, QAnon. But interpretive dance and uh, uh, not going back to school ever, that's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy that every liberal city shut the fuck down for COVID for no reason and it's actually proven their cases didn't change over cities that opened up. Math, no mask. I mean, science, people. Math. But yeah, QAnon. God damn it, QAnon. Woo, Proud Boys. Oh my God, the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys. <laughs> this shit. It's pretty much what to expect for the next four years. And now we're moving into Joe Biden. Two very different men, different philosophies on just about everything. How do you think that's going to change your coverage? Well, look, this new president, President Biden, will probably be like many of the presidents before President Trump that I covered. Slightly opaque. One of the parts of the Trump beat that never existed was, I wonder what the president's thinking. Uh -huh. For Joe Biden, we may wonder at times. But with Trump, we never did. All right, Major Garrett, thank you. I'll see you in Washington. We're we're just following orders is a statement that is indelibly etched in our consciences as what we should never become. We are following orders is now and always has been the last line of defense for the indefensible here and around the world. Opaque, a.k.a. I'm taking a vacation because we're just going to bow down lick his fucking taint, and report nothing. And why is it okay in this violent time where Trump besmirched the offices of the President of the United States, 
He was too violent. His violent rhetoric did terrible things. The President of the United States can float the big lie, Nazis, Goebbels, and now the media is doing it. Why is that okay? Can anybody tell me? I can't find a reason how that's okay. Why we have no problems with that. Probably because y'all a bunch of fucking hypocrites. That's probably why. So, I'm going to do the soundbite of the day. This comes from Matt in Oregon really quick. And then we're going to do This is America. And I'm going to play a montage with the song. Because I can on Rumble. And I kind of miss This is America. So, this is the union worker that argued with Joe Biden who called it an AR-14. Which, I don't know what the fucking AR-14 is with your hunt around clip and shit. But Grandpa, he's better than Trump. He's a principled man who doesn't know what he's doing, saying, signing. Fuck, he doesn't even know if he shit his pants today. I am the union worker that Joe Biden tried to intimidate. Bullshit. Joe Biden wants to take my AR-14. Let's just not tell him what it really is. I got this the day after I talked with Joe. I'm sure that's not the result he was going for. My name is Jerry Wayne, and all I wanted to do is ask a presidential candidate a question. I didn't intend to start a fight. All I did was ask Joe how he was going to win over the union vote when he's planning on coming after our guns with Beto O'Rourke. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. I watched a video where he wanted to make assault weapons, or America's most popular rifle, illegal. So I asked him about it. Instead of answering me honestly, he acted like he never said it at all. You are actively trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our guns. You're full of shit. So when you were with Bingo when you said you are going to take our guns, I did not say that. That's not true. I did not say that. And you say I'm full of shit? Really, Joe? All I did was ask you about your own comments. So the, to, to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo, you're right if you have an assault weapon. The fact of the matter is they should be illegal, period. At one point, he asked me if I wanted to go outside. Why, Joe? To smell all the freedom? And then I ended up telling him, you work for me. And then he went and told me, no. Politicians that have been in office for as long as Joe Biden need to be reminded that they work for us. We do not work for them. Americans should be able to ask candidates speaking the highest office what's going to happen to their rights. If they vote them into office, Joe Biden can call me all the names he wants. But it doesn't change the fact that he's on video promising to have Beto O'Rourke lead the effort on gun confiscation. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one who leads this effort. I'm counting on you. I think Biden made a huge miscalculation when he threatened to strip us Americans of our gun rights. The Second Amendment was put in place to protect us from a tyrannical government. I have a message for the gun-grabbing politicians. Your belligerent behavior has no place in government. And you will never, I mean never, touch our guns. Why is it that the people who want to take away our guns know absolutely nothing about them? Who would take an AR-16 with a long clip, go out and shoot a deer. A, a magazine with a hundred clips in it, a hundred bullets in it. They can take away our AR-14s, 
our AR-16s, and all of our 100 round magazine clips. But they don't exist. I am sick and tired of having to defend the fact that we need guns to defend our homes and hunt wildlife. I don't need an excuse to have 100 rounds. I've got the Constitution of the United States. My goal is to actually bring this country together, not further divide us. Many brave men, like my grandfather, who's a 96-year-old World War II veteran, fought so we can have these rights, not so politicians could stomp all over them. For every gun-grabbing politician out there, I've got four words for you. Don't tread on us. I'm calling on all patriots to stand up to career politicians who have forgotten who they work for and whose rights they swore to protect. We are in a different era now. Challenging this opposition is not the way to win this battle, but rather opening our arms to the misinformed. We will win this battle not by belittlement, but by... That's some good shit right there. Before we do our This is America with New Bumper, I brushed this recently, but I wanted to read it, a read it, or deep dive. I've had it with interviewing Trump supporters who go off the deep end. The deep end. We're about to play a soundbite, literally, from CNN. Cuomo with AOC, she's scared of her people, lemon in them, deep program. So that's, that's not deep end. I'm sure to never Trumpers that's not deep in there because Trump's horrible. You see what I'm talking about? These people think they know better than everybody. These fucking kill me. Here's her article. Perhaps you've seen one of the dozen of voter patterns with Trump supporters that I've moderated on New Day over the past five years. Maybe you caught the one shortly after Trump's 2016 victory, in which I slapped my forehead when a panelist tried to tell me that three million illegals cost Trump the popular vote. Or maybe you saw the one where a panelist told me he would believe Donald Trump over Jesus Christ. Since 2015, I've listened closely to Trump supporters, feeling and motivations. I've drawn insights from every one of my panelists on the appeal of Donald Trump as a disruptor, how they believed he was a fighter for them, how they believed his success in business would translate into lifting the U.S. economy. I hope my voter panel will help our viewers understand all sides. No, you didn't. You want to get cool points at the big kid tables. Just like never Trumpers. You want to be at the cool kid table? We hate Trump. Can I have your fucking hoo-hoos? Uh, I hope the panel will model civil discourse and how to hear each other. <laughs> there was not a moment of civil discourse on CNN. But a week after the deadly insurrection of the U.S. Capitol, I'm rethinking my position. The cries of the right-wing politicians tell us we need to hear the feelings of Trump supporters are wearing thin, as is the idea that the mob at the Capitol was somehow silenced or censored for too long. In the hour before the deadly insurrection last Wednesday, President Trump told his supporters, make your voices heard. Later, after they trashed the speed of American democracy, he told them he loved them and they were very special. So let's look back at the very special people and the president wants all of us to listen to. Like the guy dressed up in a badger pelt, horns, and face plant. Authorities say he's a prominent QAnon crackpot. Trump supporter. He was taken into custody on Saturday, blah, blah, blah. Friday charged theft. For the record, I don't think that the arsonists and vandals who caused damage in Portland, Oregon, and other cities last summer need to be listened to either. But you did! You featured them for Veterans Day 
Memorial Day. But I don't hear any political leaders saying they should be. In fact, Speaker Pelosi and President-elect Joe Biden have publicly condemned those far-left rioters for wreaking havoc. When did they condemn it, boys and girls? When the polls told them it was hurting Biden. Just like Lemon and fucking Cuomo. We played it on the show. The only time they condemned it when it went too far and people were like, fuck Biden. You haven't even fucking covered the Kamala, Kamula, whatever the fuck, because everybody says her name wrong, and I was told that was goddamn white supremacy. She financed them. More about the mob. Of course, the domestic terrorists who stormed the Capitol do not resemble, resent, represent all 74 million Trump voters. But you'd be amazed about how many Trump supporters still believe the fact-free nonsense the rioters were chanting. Go to Quinnipiac poll. 73% of Republicans bloater believe the widespread fraud in the 2020 election. What was the number for the media, never-Trumpers, and Democrats for the 2016 election? Well, you said 136,000 dollars of bots stolen election from Hillary. Then you said it was the FBI's fault. Then you just outright said Trump worked with Putin and stole the fucking election. That was a conspiracy theory that went on for two and a half years, $35 million, and it was false. A lie. And one of my never-Trumpers took 12 fucking emails to admit it. Because they won't let up the ghost. That's a problem with listening with Trump supporters now versus four years ago. Today, so many more appear to have become openly delusional and untethered from reality. In here is uh, satanic pedophiles, QAnon, uh, Proud Boys. It's all there. It's all there. It's why my never-Trumpers both sent me QAnon shit this week. They believe it. They believe that conspiracy theory cult fucking stupid-ass motherfuckers are going to ruin the country. But yet they participated in Russia stole the election. It wasn't that Hillary was a shit candidate. Nope. And they believe anybody that questions the election, just even what I say, 81 million is really hard to believe. You're an insurrectionist, but they and the media and the left went up for four years that Trump is Putin's butt buddy, and he sucked cock to get the presidency. He sucked Putin's cock after he got peed on in a bed. Or whatever those pee-pee tapes. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are just grounded in fucking facts first. Yeah. As evident by our This Is America. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. People would ask why you weren't there. Um, mm -hmm. This was a good cause from your perspective uh, of dealing with your constituency, but... This was supposed to be a show of force and unity, and you weren't there. Explain it. Yeah, you know, I think we also had very real security concerns as well, um, as you mentioned earlier. Um, we still don't yet feel safe around other members of Congress. How many and, are we? Um, 
I think a very considerable amount. Um, a lot of members do you not. You really think that colleagues of yours in Congress may do you dirty? Yeah, well, one just tried to bring a gun on the floor of the House today. I believe it was uh, Representative Andy Harris of Maryland. He tried to um, bring in a gun onto the House floor for individuals who don't know. Guns are not allowed in the District of Columbia, and certainly um, the House floor is uh, ha there are separate house rules that prohibit um, the bringing in of firearms. Now, these are rules that date back to the Civil War. And um, these are individuals that are trying to sneak firearms either illegally or in direct violation of house rules. Why does a member of Congress need to sneak a gun onto the House floor? Do you think they're bringing it in there because they want to protect all of you from, um, you know, insurrectionists like we saw a couple of weeks ago? Or do you think there really is a chance that you may be the enemy? Well, here's what I'll say. The moment you bring a gun onto the House floor in violation of rules, you put everyone around you in danger. It is irresponsible. It is reckless. But beyond that, it is in violation of rules. You are openly um, disobeying the rules that we have established as a community, which means that you cannot be trusted to be held accountable to what we've decided as as a community. And so I don't really care what they say their intentions are. I care what the impact of their actions are. And the impact is to put all 435 members of Congress in danger. You know, he tried to hand off his gun to another member who didn't have a license. Um, and any responsible gun owner knows that you don't just hand off your gun to another individual. You have to clear it, et cetera. And, um, and that just goes to show, you know, it doesn't matter what your intention is. If you are irresponsible, if you are trying to break rules, mm -hmm. you're trying to sneak a firearm onto the floor of the house. I don't care if you accidentally set it off. I don't care if you intentionally set it off. I don't care if you don't set it off at all. You are put, you are endangering the lives of members of Congress. And it is absolutely outrageous that we even have to have this conversation. Well, you're going to keep having it because I think that they're going to be uh, very dramatic lines drawn and you're going to have the other side to contend with, but your own as well. Uh, I don't know if you, can... you want a window into a reality that you haven't seen. All these people sucked into Trump's lies and extremism. It's not just dividing us as a nation. Think of the families. Case in point, Guy Reffitt. He's now been charged with unlawful entry at the U.S. Capitol and obstruction of justice for threatening his own family. According to FBI documents, he told his own son and daughter, if you turn me in, you're a traitor. You know what happens to traitors. Traitors get shot. To his own kids, he said that. It didn't take long for the FBI to find him. His 18-year-old son knew that his father had changed and he feared for his own safety and the safety of others. He feared enough that he tipped off the FBI about his own father. Can you imagine being put in that position? Jackson Reffitt joins us now. I know you love your family, and I know this is hard. So help people understand, why did you feel you had to let authorities know about what was being done to your father and what was happening in his own head? Um, I don't really know how to explain it. It was, uh, it was just, it just felt like the right thing, regardless of my emotions and how I felt and how much I loved my family and my dad. Uh, I was worried 
uh, I didn't think he would actually do anything bad. But um, him saying anything, even remotely threatening to me and my sister and my family and government officials, it was just too much. Now, this wasn't just one conversation, Jackson. Help people understand the context. Like, for how long had you been watching your father change and what seemed to be the influence on him and what seemed to be that change? Uh, I wish I could tell you uh, exactly what, but it's been definitely over the past four years that it's grown and just snowballed into what my dad's become now. And he's still my father, but he's, he's changed a lot. How so? He's been more active on his, on the internet and obviously the militia and the far right extremists he's been involved with recently. Uh, he's been a lot more, I don't want to say aggressive, but more, uh, more, uh, scared. Would he talk to you about it? No. Uh, I actually never even knew he was going to D.C. until the day he left. Um, I'm sure it was because of my political views, but I'm not sure. And when he would explain to you what he thought was going on in the country, how would he describe it? He said it, said it as if it was... You know, Chris, the right doesn't like it when you say people need to be deprogrammed. You know that, right? Deprogrammed? Yeah. We're talking about the QAnon people and the conspiracy theorist people. They yeah, don't... You know, I feel like uh, I'm missing something here um, because I know what QAnon is and I, I know what their reach is online. I am not as worried about the duped as I am about the diabolical. The Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, these other true extremist groups that have membership uh, that have, you know, these mantras and mottos and these mechanisms for change that is violent. Uh, I'm worried about them. Uh, there is true domestic terror capability. And Trump unleashed the Kraken. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just go away because he did. Yeah. Well, and but also the it doesn't just go away because a lot of the people who enabled them are still in power. They're still mm -hmm. in Congress. They're still in the Senate. Um, there are still people of power who, even beyond politics, there are people in the media who still enable them, who still uh, capitalize on the conspiracy theories to get them going, to continue to get them to watch uh, their programs. I mean, look at what's happening with conservative media. There's a whole uh, shift, right, the, the tectonic shift that's happening there because people need to go and get, you know, pure conspiracy theories. This channel isn't giving me enough co pure conspiracy theories. I need to go to the next one. And then, to, and then they're going to continue to go to the next one. And so I think it's just a, it's a vicious cycle. They just Let them going. eat their own. Yeah, and that's, that's what will happen. Anger has an insatiable appetite. It's a great closer, ain't it? What is it with them bringing home, bringing family members on? You think if Fox brought on family members of Biden and let them trash them and be cool? Because we've done this for four years. Every Trump relative that hates them, every person on the right that bring their family on to besmirch them. And that's journalism. And that closing right there is what never Trumpers believe. They're not going to admit it. They're not going to say they're the left. But as I said, my two never Trumpers, 
Their emails read like Cuomo and Lemon. They're so scared of the people that like Trump that they have forgotten that BLM wants to destroy this country and the nuclear family and got financed to the tune of $400 million. Antifa is destroying cities all summer long. You didn't have a problem with that. You didn't want the FBI to go get them. You were for it because you hated Trump, and you could use it as an anvil against Trump, just like the left did. So I beat on it hard, and this is the last time I will, because it's been two podcasts in a row. But when I look back, and once again, it's exposure to these people over the last couple months, Never Trumpers, you're Democrats. Just be one. Embrace who you are. I embraced who I am. I didn't think Trump was that bad of a president policy-wise. I agreed with most of them. He was just a shitbag as a person. But unlike you, I could see past that and understand that voting for him was better than this fucking liberal shit show we just got that you all believe... The Crystals, the Lincoln Projects, no offense, boss in New York, we got a cigar bet on it, that this is all going to, the Republic will stand. In 2022, Republicans will win everything, and they'll work with Biden because you agree with more Biden stuff than you disagree. Almost every never-Trumper I read, I commute with, or converse with, I, I follow on Twitter, they agree with some of his shit. And no, I'm not a person that says we should make sure every president fails and blah, 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 blah. But this horse shit he just rolled out will ruin the economy. It will ruin our security. It is ruining everything about us. It is creating hate. It is creating racism. It is creating strife. Because every fucking executive order he did, sole purpose was to divide and conquer. And then with the Never Trump, media, DNC, FBI, CIA, we must silence everybody. We must destroy those groups. And once again, I'm not for violence, but for fuck's sake. Freedom of speech is either for everyone or it's for nobody. The left can't spout off how it's somebody needs to put a bullet into Trump. And that's okay. But guys who storm the Capitol can never online criticize their government. Does anybody see how crazy that is? I, I just pray... These principled conservatives who hate Trump so much. The anointed, educated Chuck Todd conservatives. You wake up and look at what the fuck is happening to our country. I'm not a Trumper. I'm not an insurrectionist. But as I've said to both of them over and over, at the last election was flipped. If the summer... It was Proud Boys, a teeny little group that was tearing up every American city with Oath Keepers and QAnon. Woohoo, QAnon, scared, scared, scared. 
and the left stormed the Capitol, you wouldn't say anything. The media would say, well, it was brought on. The violence in the summer made people believe they needed to do violence too. It would have been the Babylon B PSA from last podcast. You could say I'm full of shit, but really, if you trust your heart, you know I'm right. Because for four years, everything was game. Double impeachment on bullshit, Russia conspiracies, Trump's got a secret army conspiracy, everybody's a racist conspiracy. When Van Jones gets a platform in our country and he signed a document that George Bush and Cheney blew up the World Trade Center, and nobody sees a problem with it, but you're scared about QAnon and you're reading articles on the New York Times and watching these two fucking jackasses, maybe you need to back up a second and realize the hate you have bequeathed upon Trump, his supporters, anybody who agrees with it, anybody who thinks the election wasn't on the up and up, it was kind of fishy. You're a liberal. Just be a liberal. Register as a Democrat and get on board to never have a job again. Financial ruin and the back of the line because you're white. That's the country he's putting out. When you don't say equality anymore because we have equality and you say equity, it's all about bullshit. Get ready for 21 trillion reparation, 19 million illegals, $15 an hour, Jetson fucking fast food because it won't even be a person to hand you the ketchup anymore, and just enjoy it. This is what you wanted. You voted for it. You voted for a media that is sucking his taint. You voted for no fact checking. And you voted for a guy who doesn't know if he shit his pants or what the fuck he's signing. He even fucked up the equity. It's the new tagline. You better say it, Joe. Bill 25th, your fucking ass. Sure as hell. So that wraps up another episode of Flyer Politics Podcast. Salty as shit. Remember to go to foppodcast.com. You'll get the audio for this and you'll get the video. Check out the Twitter account, which is Reed. If you want to stay away from... FopPodcast.com. This is on SoundCloud Audio, Rumble, and you can find that in my YouTube link. But you really don't need, or not my YouTube link, my Twitter link. But you really don't need to because you just need to go to FopPodcast.com. We are in the 90th percentile, or 87th, of all GoDaddies right now. I think I last time I checked, 100 visits a day. So good on you. Pass the word before this gets censored. Because when the left, the never-Trumpers, and all these people get done, we'll all be that guy. And I, once again, I don't think he was a good guy. He stormed the Capitol. That's really shitty. But we're in a world right now where they truly believe they're bullshit. That Antifa is an idea, and every conservative group is exactly what SPLC says. Psychos. So you better get all the content you can Every podcast you can listen to, because by the end of this four years, the the House ain't going to turn, the Senate ain't going to turn, it won't be able to. It'll be mandatory mail-in ballot, and they'll keep padding those fucking votes, double voting, and all the bullshit that was caught in Texas, nationwide, forever. We're in the new liberal utopia. Woohoo! 
So tune in Sunday, the 31st of January, for our next show. As always, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs at least once a day. Watch some TV. Spend some time with your family. And come back Sunday to VopPodcast.com for another exciting episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.